What's happening, everybody? This is Todd Wilson with another episode of Elevate Your Game. Today, we have a special guest. We have a current women's college basketball player, Vanessa De Jesus. Hi, great to meet you. Great to meet you. Okay, she's playing currently at Duke University, taking a year off due to injury. Awesome for her to come by and just um, share with us here on Elevate Your Game. So. Thank you for coming by and your, yeah. your tight schedule here in California for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So we start this show off with the wall of hoop movies. So your favorite hoop movie of all time and why? I think it would have to be Love and Basketball. I don't know. I just, you know, being from L.A. and it being based at yeah, USC and just that kind of love story as a kid. Like, you're like, oh, my gosh. And then plus basketball, like, nothing really gets better than that. So it was always one of my favorites since, like. I was young. Yeah, no, I love basketball. One of my favorites, one of the classics. I just, uh, I recently saw a skit on a TV show where he was like, let me play you for your heart. And the girl, like, beats him, actually. I'm like, oh, really? yeah, I don't want to be with you no more. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. If it was that way, then no one's really going to be happy about Right, that. exactly. Would you actually play for somebody for their heart? Uh, someone asked me? Yeah. I think I would, but then I, I think I'd win again. And yeah. then, like, like you said, I don't know if it's going to be a good thing. Right. So would I have to let him win then? Oh, you know, uh, he beat her, and then yeah. he also came back to her afterwards. Yeah, so yeah. I guess it's, we'll see, yeah. I can't, no, I take who too serious. If I'm going to beat you, that's, that's it, We're, it's over with. I wouldn't say no, right. that's why. I wouldn't say no if someone asked me, I'd be like, yeah. Like, if you're going to ask me, okay, let's gonna, go. All right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's, I don't think that's smart for that person. Yeah. yeah you'll probably win. <laughs> awesome, awesome. So... Uh, we like to just uh, hop into your story. Mm -hmm. um, so the first question is, how did you fall in love with basketball? Yeah, for me, growing up, being Filipino was just such a big thing. It was always, like, around, whether, like, watching games or just going to the park. And my parents would always say, like, back home in the Philippines, there was always games, like, down every street. So it was something that was always around me, and it kind of just grew from that, just being something that my family loved and became something I loved. And I didn't try any other sports because none of them really stuck. Besides mm -hmm. basketball, so I'd say yeah, my family was a big part of it. How old were you when you first started playing? I got my first hoop when I was two for Christmas. My parents like surprised me. I was obviously like really tiny, but it's like a little six foot like indoor like yeah. hoop that you could raise and um, play with. But my first team was when I was six years old. It was an all boys team, obviously park and rec down at, at like the local gym. Um, but was that was it in Valencia? Yeah, Valencia. It was. It was one of the, yeah, one of the leagues here. One of the smart leagues. Okay, awesome, mm -hmm. awesome. And so, um, through your experience, um, what what helps you get good at basketball? What were mm -hmm. what helped you develop, even at that young age of starting in that league? Yeah. Uh, did you have good coaches then, or mm -hmm. was it, when, when did it become more of a serious game for you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it got serious around junior year, um, or not junior year, junior middle school or middle school. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because that's when I first got my first, um, letter of like interest from a college wow. and I was like okay like this could actually be something I see myself doing like further in college and possibly like later on pros so I think for me the biggest thing was just my discipline and my hard work that really got me to where I am I think a big part of it is just continuing putting the work even if maybe you don't see the results that you expected to see but like, trusting that like it will come in due pay and Kobe has been like a big person that I always look up to in his like relentless, like hard work was something I always aspired to like, do in myself. 
Oh man, that's mm -hmm. awesome. So, yeah. so middle school, you got your first letter of interest yeah. from a college, yeah. which is crazy. I, <laughs> that happens, I know, but it's, it's very rare. Yeah. Um, were you playing on a, in the AAU circuit? Were mm -hmm. you still playing with boys at the time? Yeah. Like, what was that journey like? Yeah. That so middle I, school time? I think in middle school is when I like okay, I love playing as boys because like again, it's another competitive competitive area. But I knew I was gonna play with, with girls growing up, so that's when I joined my. AU team in fourth grade um, called Cal Storm and that's where Chelsea Gray played, yeah. Diana Tarasi played and my coach he's like he coached me all the way through high school and he lived actually in the area that's how I met him from one of our rec leads called Coach George. Coach George yeah, yeah. George yeah. Quintero yeah. yeah so I've known him since then and he kind of just helped me him being a point guard too like see basketball in a different way and yeah. that kind of helped me elevate my game to I think you said it. Sorry, when people say elevate your game, I have to say that. Oh, <laughs> yeah, elevate my game to like the, the player I am like today. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, George is uh, deep history in, in developing players. And mm -hmm. um, how did you get connected to him? Just yeah. did he see you in the gym, like playing yeah. in the rec league, or how did that? Yeah, happen? so I was at USU where Tommy used to yeah. coach before oh, yeah, when yeah. I was really young, and he was still part of it too as one of the coaches. So we were doing skills and. Out of the crowd of like the boys and girls, he like spotted me out, and he's like, "Oh, like come try it out. Like we have a little, you know, practice down in LA, like for my club ball team." And I was like, "Okay, yeah, like I'll go." And since then, I kind of just been with them, and all the way through senior year. So wow, that's yeah. awesome. Mm -hmm. I love the consistency. I think that's important, mm -hmm. especially yeah. in this day and age where a lot of kids hop around. Yeah. Um, what do you think that consistency did for you from mm -hmm. middle school and seeing it all the way to now? Like yeah. you were, Tommy told me to, <laughs> hey, she needs to be on the show. Like yeah. you guys are still connected. Yeah. Um, what was that consistency like and how did it benefit you in the long run? Yeah, I think just consistency and like everything from, from basketball and just like, again, like the team and my relationships, it kind of just showed me what I needed as like a support system for one and like what that means to be consistent and how important it is to grow in whether relationships or in basketball. And for me, that goes again to just my work ethic. Like, that's where I get my confidence is the consistency every day and putting in the work. So I think it's a big lesson, a big part of like who I am. Absolutely. So mm -hmm. your parents at one point, either from the beginning or some point, they had to kind of give you to the game, right? Mm -hmm. I always say release your kid to the game. Yeah. At what point did your parents like, okay, hey, mm -hmm. our hands are off. Yeah. If they have it, <laughs> it now to this point, right? Yeah. And like allowed you to kind of go in your own journey with basketball. Yeah. I think it was around high school because like you said, especially my dad, he was very like, oh, we he filmed every game. So we'd watch it like mm -hmm. after the games and always try to give me advice. But I think in high school, once I started like stepping into my game and that confidence like actually came out because as like a young player, like you always have your doubts. And that was a big thing I struggled with is like just confidence and like believing in myself when I was young. And I feel like once I step into Sierra Canyon and Coach Kamaki was a big part of, you know, me believing in myself, that's when my parents were like, okay, I think Vanessa's figured it out. Like, we can now just be her biggest fan instead of having to also be her, like, coach. Okay, so I'm, mm -hmm. I'm middle school Vanessa. Where, <laughs> where did the doubt creep in that, mm -hmm. you know, that you weren't, you know, you didn't think you were good yeah. enough? What, what was, where did that come yeah. from? I think one is, you know, be, me being, like, Filipino-American, like, you look around at players at, like, the highest, like, AAU levels that, I played with like a Cal Storm. There were many like other Asian American players at that level, and for me, you know, it's it's something you think about like, oh, like I'm the only one here. Like, mm -hmm. am I good enough? So that's something that I think as a young kid, you know, you want to see people that look like you, to um, who are doing things that you dream of doing. So yeah. for me, that was something that was always like in the back of my mind. Oh man, okay. Mm -hmm. And then what changed? going to Sierra Canyon and getting with mm -hmm. Coach Kamaki, you said yeah. there's a little shift in that. Yeah. 
Yeah. What did what what was instilled in you that mm-hmm. time to give you that confidence? Yeah, I think you know Coach Maki, her having played D one basketball and now coaching at like one of the best high schools in the country. She was just someone that showed me like we are able to like do it, and she believed in me like instantly when I got there. And her having my back and you know believing in my dreams and goals again just brought in that confidence that I felt like I may be needed. And she just let me you know play my game and grow and kind of just you know push me to be the person I, I need to be. That's awesome. That's mm-hmm. awesome. And so, what did your your I'm going back to um, your parents, right? Your mm-hmm. your parents kind of releasing. Mm-hmm. that you know releasing you to the game yeah. what did that look like and how was that different for yeah. you you know having somebody hey you're watching film every day with your yeah. dad and i'm sure he's <laughs> the discipline the structure <laughs> yeah. right and those types of things yeah. um what did he do this is for the parents out here not even yeah. for the kids yeah. what can parents do at that time when it's time to release you to the game to yeah. allow you to grow yeah i think it is important to obviously like give advice as a parent like okay like call your kid out like if they messed up or but it's like in a way of doing it, like I think the way they did it was being more like just supportive and understanding that I'm older now, like, you know, we're not I'm not a little kid anymore. So <laughs> yeah. the way we can communicate and like talk about the game is way different than when I was a younger kid where maybe it was more of you know, it had to be more on me as I, I wouldn't listen. Mm-hmm. So I think just understanding that we're older now and there's a way to communicate things and that we wanna listen to them so they don't have to be as maybe as hard on us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So parents are listening to their kids when they talk. <laughs> yeah. That's the key. Okay. Yeah. I was just making sure I'm clear. Okay. Um, so going into, so middle school, where you were playing with Cal Storm that, that, during yes. that time as yeah. well, mm-hmm. were you traveling nationally? What mm-hmm. was, what was yeah. your schedule like in yeah. middle school? So I, I, yeah, that's when I first started like playing like travel tournaments. So we would go for EYBL, it would be either Somewhere on the East Coast, like Atlanta, or they had before North Carolina. But since I was still young and in middle school, we'd only go to really Arizona mm-hmm. or maybe some tournament in um, Atlanta also. So, okay. Yeah. Nice. Do you remember any of those games or people you played against now that are maybe in the WNBA or oh, on yeah. that level? Oh, yeah. In AU. Yes. Uh, played Caitlin Clark, actually. Oh, wow. She beat us in the championship game of UIBL in Chicago. Kevin Durant was watching and wow. they won on a buzzer beater three. We were up by two and Whoa. it was their ball and they kicked it to the corner. It was her? Did no, it wasn't her. Oh, it wasn't her though. She didn't make it. <laughs> but she, I think she did pass it to a, a person. So that was, yeah. yeah, that was the most brutal game. Yeah, no, those are the tough ones. You yeah. always, like you said, it's, it's almost like the traumatic moments you remember. You probably exactly. won a lot of games during that time. Exactly. But that was the yeah. one that stood but out she was, you. she was still good. She was still hooping in right. high school. So give her respects. Awesome. And so, yeah. who do you remember who your first um, letter was from in middle mm. school, from college? Yeah, it was Cal Poly, the, okay, lo- yeah. the local, you know, California school. I think mm-hmm. they probably just came to one of our, you know, California tournaments. So, I was like, wow, this is so cool. Like, as a little kid, I took a picture. I was, like, so hyped. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Cal Poly. Um, and then, when you went to high school, mm-hmm. how much did the interest pick up um, mm-hmm. from there? Was it kind yeah. of a slower route to getting a lot, you know, yeah. or how, what was that journey? Yeah, I think for me, it really jumped, like, sophomore to junior year once I was playing with Sierra Cannon. And, again, like, my game was just moving to a different level, like, in the AU circuit and also in um, high school. So, that's when I feel like more coaches like we started reaching out okay yeah and then coach kamaki so mm-hmm. i i think is one of our best podcast shows with her she mm-hmm. has just full of information oh, yeah. and yeah just an amazing person like she mm-hmm. um seemed like she really connects with her mm-hmm. players right yeah. and so 
Um, let's just talk more about that experience yeah. at Sierra Canyon. Um, you were there all four years. Once again, all three. All three. Yeah. Uh oh. Where were you before that? <laughs> uh, I went to this um, middle school called Marlboro School. It's in LA. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so I went there for sixth or seventh to ninth grade. Okay, was it was ninth grade middle school there? Or was yes, it, uh, yeah, it was so still it was middle school. So yeah. you went to tenth grade. Okay, yeah. so you know, that was all of high school yes. for you three years. Yes. Perfect. Yes. Okay, and so um, there for those three years, yeah. what what was that experience like? This is uh, how many championships did you win this year? Can I lose wow, count? Yeah, only only one. But we should have won. We should have won two. Okay, so you yeah. won one, yeah. and then. Um, what year? Your my junior year. Your junior year. Yeah. Okay. So right yeah. in the middle. Yeah. Um, building up to that, what what is happening every day? If I'm a, a day <laughs> in the life camera following Vanessa yeah. around, what was it like in high school for you? Um, oh yeah, my schedule is yeah. so I work out with Tommy, so we'd meet up before school around like five five thirty and go into. This is a.m. Everybody, not five thirty. <laughs> oh yeah, a.m. Five a.m. Yeah. yeah. So I wake up at like so I wake up at four thirty, meet at the gym at five, stretch, warm up. We work out from like 5.30 to like 7, and then I leave to go to school because school started around 8.15, 8.30. Mm -hmm. I have school during lunch. Um, me and Coach Kamaki would shoot, so it would be around like 12 to like 12.30. Finish school around 3, and then we'd have practice from 3 to 5. And then you, you, know, you shoot some more after practice, so it would be like 5.36. And then head home, which is maybe about 30 to 45 because it's the valley and I live yeah. in Santa Cruz, mm -hmm. so I'd get home around like, 7.30ish, have breakfast, I mean, have breakfast, have dinner, <laughs> have dinner, um, do some homework, and then try to go to bed around 10 since I wake up pretty early. So it was a pretty hectic schedule, yeah. Yeah, but what, so what was the motivating factor and like what pushed you mm. to do that every day? Yeah, I want, I want to be great, you know, that was the biggest thing, and I love winning. So again, winning championships is something I love doing. There's nothing better than winning that feeling, so that's a huge motivator for me, and yeah, like, I think you have to put in the work to you know, be great. You can't just talk, you have to put it into action. So for me, that came from the consistent work of having that schedule, waking up every day and doing it even if I didn't want to do it. Who taught you that? That like, you weren't, I mean, <laughs> yeah. maybe you were born like this, right? Some yeah. people were just, who, who taught you like, like winning, yeah. like you loved winning and what yeah. it took to win and um, yeah. those things. Who, who taught you that? Yeah, I feel like honestly, all my coaches from Coach George to Coach Kamaki, her winning championships, even Tommy, like, him tell me his journey and you know and my parents too just that consistent like sacrifices to achieve what you want to achieve that's something I guess since I was young I, I've seen so it kind of just stuck with me and now it's through my goals of basketball so that's yeah. where it started from. <laughs> now that's awesome I, I think it's so important for people to realize the your your I call it your board of directors the people who are around you mm -hmm. your inner circle and your board of directors the people who are around you that have such a huge impact on yeah. who you become, especially in your formative years. Yeah. From, you know, your dad in the rec league yeah. to your middle school and Coach George and Coach Tommy through high mm -hmm. school, having not just one, but multiple coaches yeah. pour into you in every step of your life, every mm -hmm. day. And it's that consistency that got you to where you are. We're going to hop into Duke stuff for sure. <laughs> but yeah. to hop, I mean, to, to like you just express positivity and mm -hmm. hard work like yeah that's what you express in, in everything you say so yeah. just the importance of the people around you yes and so yeah um now okay so high school championship year yeah what was different what what you said you should have yeah. won more so yeah. was anything different or mm -hmm. you know yeah i think for me since so sophomore year was my first year at sierra canyon the second year was kind of like okay like no more like just feeling that you know the waters i kind of 
knew what my role was and who I needed to be for my team to succeed. Mm-hmm. And Coach Kamaki knew it too. So I think that's that year we just kind of bought in. And we honestly, I think we went 33-1 and that year. Whoa. We just we were just on a different level. And I think our mentality was to win after that you know, that first like year when we should have. So, yeah, just the whole mindset of, of my mindset of, okay, what I need to do and kind of the whole team. Right. And so if you watch your game, so I've, I've watched you all through your three years of high school. I thought <laughs> yeah. it was maybe four, so three years of high school. And, yeah. um, you know, recently just seen clips of you mm-hmm. at Duke. And so, like, you're a floor general. Like, when you talk about being a leader and a point mm-hmm. guard, mm-hmm. you embody that. What, where was that developed? And mm-hmm. what is your mindset as a point guard when you step into the game? Yeah, I think it started when I was young from Coach George Confero, just because he was a point guard and he told me, like, you have to you have to lead your team like the point guard job is to make everybody everybody around them better and for me that was by you know being vocal or just by putting them in the best spot to succeed and I think for me that's the biggest part of my game as a point guard is making everybody around me better I think you know there's scoring point guards there's passing point guards all those are very important but I think a great point guard really makes everyone better around mm-hmm. them absolutely and so you said being vocal this mm-hmm. is a huge thing when in a generation where everybody wants their kid to be a point guard, mm-hmm. regardless if they're seven foot or five foot nine, <laughs> yeah. whatever, or they even have the innate ability to do it, yeah. where did they, were you always vocal, or were you yeah. quiet at one point yeah. and had to be pulled out of it? Yeah, I was. I probably said quieter when I was younger. Just I was a pretty shy kid, um, and I, I don't know. I just grew up kind of on the quieter side. But yeah, at the end of the day, like my coaches always told me, you have to speak more, you have to talk more, just to again be a leader. You can't. You can't, you know, lead if you're not speaking. So that's something I still work on just to be vocal and, again, just showing my presence and, like, helping my teammates. But I think it is a big part of being a great leader on the court. How are you held accountable to being vocal as a leader um, mm-hmm. with Coach George? Because I know he does it. Yeah. Coach Kamaki and <laughs> yeah. even now um, at Duke. Yeah, just, again, reminding um, You know, they pull me over and remind me, like, okay, like, this is your team. They look to you. Like, you have to understand that in order to lead them, they have to hear what you have to say. So they just remind me how important what I have to say is, and again, that kind of pushes me to be more vocal because, again, I just want my team to get better. So if I'm holding back something that could help the team, I know that's not beneficial for us. Man, that's, yeah. there you go. I love the, the focus, like your focus is on the team being better, but mm-hmm. in return, the game made you better, you know, like yeah, yeah. because of your hard work, of course, too. Waking up at 5 a.m. is not, mm-hmm. you know, that's not built <laughs> for everybody. But, yeah. Um, you, your focus is always on the team. You're making yourself better for mm-hmm. the team to be better. Yeah. And, but you're good, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so, so uh, what would your advice be to someone who is trying to be a point guard now? Mm. And, you know, it's kind of even changed since you've been in high yeah, school, right? How basketball works and, uh, mm-hmm. no, the rankings, the uh, social media, all these yeah. things. Um, how can someone who is stuck in this world currently mm have that attitude and yeah. still get to the level that you got to. Yeah. I think the biggest thing, because like you said, social media is such a big deal nowadays. I think just stay focused on the original goal of like why you're playing basketball and the passion for like the love of basketball. For me, that was the biggest thing. We didn't have social media as big like when I was younger. And the reason I played was, you know, because I loved basketball. So I think just staying locked in on that. And again, the consistency to always keep working no matter what social media says or what the rankings say, like, you see yourself every day working. Like I think you should believe in that, and you know that should give you confidence in your yourself. How do I know I'm working the right way, though? Right? There's mm. a lot of trainers. There's a lot of people yeah. out here. Yeah. Um, there's That's a true. lot of videos online. How yeah. do I know yeah. I'm working the right way? 
Yeah, see, I never had a trainer going up. It was always just me and my, my dad would go to the park and just shoot. Um, so I think for me, it's just, again, the consistency and honestly, learning about your game. Like for me, I watched a lot of film um, since I was young to going into high school and that gave me the chance to really see what, you know, what parts of my game I really need to grow in. And I think that could help you understand what, what parts of your game you should be working on because like you said, if you're working on the wrong thing that maybe you're already good at, but avoiding the first example, like maybe defense you're not as good at, and avoiding that, I think that won't help you grow as a player. So just being aware of what maybe your more like your weaknesses that you should be focusing more on. Awesome. So I'm gonna mm -hmm. scale back just a little bit. Yeah. Um, your dad taught you how to shoot. Uh, yeah, basically. Yeah, my aunt also played like D3 basketball, so oh, she nice. also helped out. Yeah. So, was, so I'm, I make a big point. Everybody I know that shooters, their dad <laughs> taught them how to shoot. I have oh, okay. something to do with yeah. it. And so I just want everybody yeah, to hear okay. that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we can say that. Dads, learn how to shoot so you can <laughs> teach your kids. Um, all right. So uh, Sierra came uh, mm -hmm. more back to the championship year. You said things mm -hmm. were different. Um, mm -hmm. You guys, 33 and one. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, what what else was it? Was there a difference in practice? Was there a difference mm. in the attitude of the girls yeah. that you were playing with? What else was different in that yeah. atmosphere to develop a championship team? Yeah, I think Coach Kamaki also knew, like, myself and all of our other starters, we were upperclassmen, so this was kind of the year to focus and dial in, so she was very hard on us. We conditioned every day, like, at least 10 minutes, which really <laughs> wasn't the funnest parts, right. but we were in such great shape. That was probably the best shape I was um, in high school just because of that um, work every day and I think that played a big part because a lot of teams we were playing they could not hang with us and our style of game and again coach Kamaki just really pushed us to play in a way that I think benefited the, the pieces we had around us and that was a big part because we had every single piece I think which yeah. you kind of need you can't have the same kind of players and on our championship team so right right mm -hmm. and so i'm sure your recruitment picked up after that championship yes, right yeah um so when did duke start recruiting you what yeah. other schools were mm -hmm. you know involved during that time and yeah. what was that experience like being recruited yeah um so i talked to duke around like sophomore or junior year because i committed end of my junior year to duke okay um but yeah so it was always because also coach um george contero he had a relationship with them as well just as you know Chelsea Gray went there as one of the players I've mentioned before that played on my club team mm -hmm. so they're always someone I like talked to a little bit but had never really like picked up until more of my junior year um but other than them I was really like specific on what kind of school I wanted to go to just because for me like basketball and academics was really important so I kind of narrowed the schools to some Ivy Leagues and then also some Pac-12 schools like Stanford like Washington Cal so that kind of picked up also again in junior year after playing um, um, high school basketball, but mm -hmm. I decided at the end of junior year that I wanted to go to Duke um, just because, one, like, again, basketball academics are huge for me, and I feel like Duke and, like, Stanford were, like, the two schools that were really on that level, and just hearing, like, from Chelsea Gray, like, her experience, because she used to coach me when I was younger, oh, um, yeah, so her experience at Duke and, like, where she is now and, like, her being one of the, the best point guards. It kind of just pushed me towards there. And again, I wanted to go away for school, so. That's always good. Yeah. They played a part, yeah. What, what's the benefits of going away? You know, you, yeah. you were here pretty much your whole, or all of your life, right? Yeah. And then what's, what are the benefits of going away yeah. off to college? You yeah. know, separate from the, what you experience in basketball. Yeah. Just as a kid and mm -hmm. trying to, you know, learn yeah. on your own. What's, yeah. What's that I think it's just a new step into, you know, like who you, like who you are as a person and taking a step like by yourself because I feel like as a kid you always just grow up by your family and you're just very comfortable in this area and I feel like I was very comfortable in California and I feel like I need to just get out of my comfort zone and kind of figure out who I was and 
and like going to the East Coast was the plan to do it just because I have never been to the East Coast before mm -hmm. and it was kind of a new area. Duke itself, the culture was very different than California. So for me, it was just a big part of figuring out the person I am without having the past of who I was yeah. also there. Mm -hmm. What kind of obstacles did you run into by moving to the East Coast? <laughs> <laughs> I know one is the weather. They actually have, they actually have seasons. I have mm. puffer jackets on when it's like 70 people walk people walking around in shorts and I'm like <laughs> I can never do that <laughs> and then also just the culture is way different it's a lot of trees by Duke that's what I would yeah, say a lot yeah. of trees a lot of trees <laughs> yeah I appreciate now the nature um mm -hmm. but yeah life there is very slow it's slower okay mm -hmm. and then um all right so graduating Sierra Canyon mm -hmm. uh you guys got pretty far in the playoffs and yeah didn't get that yeah. What was that? What was that like? Knowing yeah. knowing the experience of a championship, being that close and not yeah. being able to grab it. Yeah, I really hurt. Honestly, I was really looking forward to that year, especially coming off our championship year. Everybody thought we were gonna we were gonna win it again, but it kind of worked out for us just because that's when COVID picked up and they had to cancel. I think a lot of the games. Mm -hmm. So even though we didn't make it, I think the teams that did like they weren't able to play the championship game. Right. Right. So it was kind of... It was like, so nobody yeah, won the championship. Yeah, so we were, we, yeah, we were still the, we the latest champions. So, but yeah, like, again, I thought senior year would have been different. Were you guys, so you guys were in the championship game and didn't get to go? Or oh, no, you guys we, lost the... Yeah, we lost before. So right. it was like... Good, all right. Yeah, I don't know what would be worse, like not making it or making it and not even be able to play. So. Right, right. Yeah, no, that's, that's yeah. true. Yeah, no, I talked to... Um, uh, Andre Shavaya, because oh, yeah. that was the year they were supposed to go yeah. and it didn't go. He was like, it's like unfinished business. That's like, what I'm saying, yeah. You have to kind of live that with that. That would have sucked. So. As a senior, you're like, what if, you know? Right, right. Yeah. And then, okay, so you're entering Duke as COVID is happening. Yeah. Did you get to go to Duke? Or yeah, it was happened? It was so weird. We, I went, I did go to Duke um, in the summer around July because we had summer okay. workouts. So we'd have to wear masks like everywhere from you know, seeing our coaches, seeing our teammates. And we lived off campus at, like, a hotel mm -hmm. that was on campus um, with some of my teammates who were also, like, like underclassmen. But, yeah, it was so weird. We, we would have wow. individual workouts, like, one coach and one player at each court just because, you know, social distancing. Yeah. And we'd have to wear a mask, too. And get tested every day. So it was just a weird time. Wow. And that yeah. season started a little late? Yeah, it started yeah. in, yeah, I think November, just because you didn't really have that many games. Or mm -hmm. maybe October. Okay. But we actually ended our season early. We only played four games, and then we opted out. Um, ah, that's what we had that year. Okay. Yeah, it was weird. It was yeah. Weird. So and so that year was kind of a wash, and mm -hmm. you know more of a training and development, yes. and you got to adjust to the East Coast during COVID, which I don't know was really adjusting to <laughs> I it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so going to your was that that's considered your real freshman year, I yes. guess. That yeah. next year, yeah. um, what is it like playing in the yeah. ACC? Oh my gosh, honestly. For one, every time I walk into Cameron, it's just like, I still get like butterflies. It's like one of the, my, one of my favorite gyms, I, I wouldn't lie. And playing in the ACC, I understood like how big the competition was there, the type of players I'd be playing against, just that kind of level. It was a completely different high school. The, like the pace of basketball, the IQ, and just again, the competition was the best I'd seen since high school. So it really pushed me, honestly, to keep working and get even better, which I think helped me as a player because... I wanted to play somewhere where it would push me to be a better player. I didn't want to go somewhere where I know I could just dominate easily and not grow as a player. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like playing in the ACC has helped me with that. Yeah, no, mm -hmm. that competition when you're 
when yeah. you have the mindset that you have competition mm -hmm. takes you to that next level yeah. and like you said earlier you made a good point you're like you wanted to go somewhere where it's uncomfortable yeah and that's where the most growth happens yeah. and so yeah you're you know you have man your parents did a great job <laughs> say that, okay and all your coaches who have helped yeah give you that mindset that you have mm -hmm. so uh playing in that like your your competition what was your freshman year like how many yeah. opportunities did you have going yeah. to a school like that and yeah. um playing yeah so luckily they needed a point card when i came in <laughs> so i actually had a lot of opportunities i started for my team um in the beginning of the year obviously the first year of covid i, I started and then mm -hmm. the our first actual year i did start like in the beginning which was really awesome because as a freshman usually don't get that experience to just you know be on the floor and actually learn by playing so I think for me that was a huge part of getting inside of the game and how the ACC works um, which I was like really thankful for and I, I enjoyed it it was like okay I'm ready <laughs> <laughs> you got to play you're a gamer yeah. you're a gamer yeah, I was awesome ready. <laughs> and so people don't uh, if, if they don't know you're 5'8 five, 5'9 five, 5'8 five, yeah you're 5'8 yeah <laughs> and which is short for yes. any point guard right yes. and so for you to accomplish all you did and mm -hmm. do all these things you do at yeah. a small stature for a basketball world, right? Yeah. What would you tell some of the shorter yeah. guards out there? Yeah. I definitely would say for me, it was just figuring out what part of my game to be great at. Because, again, like height, that's something you can change, but your game is something you can always work on. So for me, it was being a great point guard and figuring out what aspects of those I need to work on to be great. So I think Which were what? <laughs> one was um, my IQ. So like I said, I, I watch basketball. I love basketball. So I'd watch mm -hmm. it all the time from NBA, college, my, my own game. So just learning the game and understanding the different reads, and which helps me with passing, my vision, and just playmaking. So that whole aspect was something I really focused on. And just being great at that, I think. Obviously, you want to be good at other stuff, but you want to be great at something to like separate yourself from others. So that was my thing. So the height wouldn't. Hopefully, play a big of a part. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. How'd you adjust to the physicality, right? You, yeah. How'd you adjust to that playing in the ACC? Yeah. Uh huh. What What was that like? What'd you have to do to mm -hmm. to hang? Yeah. For one, obviously, we you know you start lifting, you get stronger, and you, you know you see yourself like okay, like I can bang with these girls. And then I think again for me, it's just the mindset. That was a big part of it. Was again it came from the work, came from seeing myself getting better every day, and just yeah. understanding that I'm getting better, so I belong here. So for me, my mindset played a big part of me just staying confident. I keep going back to this because it's important. How do you know you're getting better? <laughs> How did you gauge yeah. and take that, hey, I'm working out every day, yeah. but how, do you, how did you know you're actually getting better? Yeah, I think for me again, yeah, the discipline and working every day. And for me, it's just when I step onto the court and play, there's just this different like, mindset like, where you're not really trying as hard. It's kind of just, you're just playing. Yeah. And that's kind of where I know oh, shoot, like, I'm just doing this move I worked on a hundred times, like, this past couple of weeks. That's when I know I'm getting better is when I can just play and not, not find myself thinking about the game too much. And I think that's yeah. important because mm -hmm. kids overthink on the court, right? Mm -hmm. They're trying yeah. the move that they've been working on, mm -hmm. but when you've worked on it so much, it becomes natural. Yeah. And doing mm -hmm. it in the right timing and space and yes. uh, situation, which mm -hmm. is combined with your film study. Yes. So, like yeah. you said, you watch film a lot and you worked yeah. out a lot and... That IQ and that work ethic came mm -hmm. together to where, yeah. hey, you can recognize when you're getting better because yeah. you're seeing yeah. and visualizing and then you're applying yeah. what you worked on in the game yeah. without even thinking about yes. it. Yeah. And so yeah. that's that's the 
that's the formula. You know, that's <laughs> yeah. the formula yeah, is that true. your assessment is I'm doing the stuff I worked on mm -hmm. and it's not hard. Yeah. It is second nature. Yeah. And so mm -hmm. kids who think they're doing something, if you're overthinking it in the game, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're going to mess up. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's when you do mess up. You could tell when somebody's been working on their shot because mm -hmm. all of a sudden they get in the game and they airball with mm -hmm. the perfect form, but they yeah. airball. Like, yeah. You're overthinking it, exactly. man. Just let it go. Just yeah, be just, a part just, of the yeah, game. Yeah, just be the moment and play. <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. All right. So, Duke, um, mm -hmm. freshman year goes by. How do you guys uh, end the year? Your freshman or well, my, my post, real freshman year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're really so <laughs> yeah. post COVID freshman year. Yeah, it was honestly a building year. So yeah. we didn't end on the greatest note that we thought we would just because we had a lot of new pieces. It was a lot about building chemistry. Um, so that year, yeah, was not the best year for okay. us. But the year after, we did better just because yeah. I felt like, again, people had a year in their belt. We kind of understood, like, our pieces and mm -hmm. the players we had. So with that experience, we were ready to, like, compete in, against other teams. Awesome. And then uh, where did you guys get to the tournament that we year? We did get to the tournament yes. that year, yeah. We, I think we we didn't do well, but we made the tournament, which is, like, my first time ever. Yes. Um, so I was, like, super excited. Um, just, you know, you see, like, the March Madness and yeah. all that, like, all the fun stuff with it. It's something I've always dreamed of, like, as a kid was to play in the tournament. So it was super exciting for me. Oh, that's awesome. And so yeah. what's, the, what's the different energy around being in March Madness? Like, right, we yeah. see it and we can feel it and we can see it in yeah. the games, the uh, importance of every single possession yeah. almost yeah what is it like playing in that and, yeah and what level did that take you to as yeah. a competitor no you can one thing I really noticed was just like the desperation on the court because you know you lose you're like you're out and I could feel that with every team and it didn't matter where you were ranked if you were ranked above your opponent or below every team came out there to play like it meant everything and for me I feel like as a competitor it really pushed you to you either have to step up or you're you're going home so I really, I really grew in that part of my game. I think during that time, just because I again I love winning, so the chance of winning the championship in in reach just from playing March Madness, I think, really helped me tap into that mindset again and continue putting in the work. And it's honestly my favorite part of the year to play. So so playing for Coach Lawson, mm -hmm. what what is that like? I mean, we yeah. see her clips on Instagram <laughs> yeah. and super encouraging and looks mm -hmm. like another great coach for you to be mentored yeah. by and coached yeah. by what is it like playing for her yeah it's i'm also just so grateful because again another great point guard who's done it every level from playing in college wnba olympics and then coaching nba and now the college level she has so much inside that i've just been able to pick her brain about and i think again she's a different like every year i've coached been coached by a point guard and they've all taught me something different and from Kara, just her experience is something that I feel like I can't learn from anybody else. And I'm just really happy that I'm able to just continue to learn from her. Why do these coaches trust you so much? I think the biggest thing is, again, consistency and my hard work. Because, again, you can have so much, you can bring in so much talent, but at the end of the day, are they putting in the work? Are they consistently trying to get better? And I think all my coaches have seen me and understand that those two things I really value. And... That's how you become great, and I think coaches want that in players, and someone they know will continue to grind, even if maybe they don't see the results right away, and I've proven to be that kind of player. So. Yeah, that's awesome. That's mm -hmm. awesome. Um, what is the most memorable memorable thing that coach, every coach, I want to do this every oh, coach, because okay. I think it's important. There's there's two questions I'm going to ask you okay. about. We'll start from uh, coach mom and dad. Okay. Okay, we'll count them as a coach. Okay. Uh, coach George. Okay. Coach Tommy. Okay. <laughs> Coach Alicia, Coach Lawson. Okay. So the first question is, 
what is the most important thing they have taught you outside of basketball mm. from each one? Okay. So we'll start with mom and dad. Yeah. I guess just for my mom and dad is find something that you're passionate about and whatever that is, like making that like your goal or dream. Because again, with basketball, a lot of people maybe do basketball just as a hobby or a way to get somewhere. But for me, it really sucks. I, I really, truly love basketball, just the game. And, you know, I watch it all the time. I just love playing it. And I think you can't really do something if you don't have a passion for it. So that's something I learned from my mom and dad. Um, and then moving on to Tommy or Coach, Coach, Coach George. Coach George. Um, outside of basketball, I think he's taught me that. Uh, you said not related to basketball, right? Not related to basketball. Uh, okay. Yep. <laughs> um, I think for me, just how important relationships are because I've built my closest friends from AAU basketball yeah. and he really built that in with us from having like training camps or we'd stay together for the week or we travel somewhere to the beach as a team and I think having that close-knit like obviously basketball but like just off the court it can help you like grow like as a person and obviously as a team too mm -hmm. but it really showed me how valuable how valuable those relationships are and how that can help you like grow as a person and a player yeah having like-minded people, right? Yes, and you guys are yeah. all kind of focused on the same goal. And yeah. all you guys made it to high-level colleges yes. and playing and all that stuff. That's awesome. Yeah. All right, uh, Coach Tommy. Tommy. Oh, I love basketball. Yeah, I think he's taught me just, again, just to be grateful for everything you have in, in life. Like, outside of basketball, just also, like, family. Like, the little things that people, like, forget. Like, just being, like, you know, healthy, your family healthy. Like, yeah. being able to spend time with your family. I think... Those are things I learned from him because, you know, when I was away for college, maybe that's something I just didn't really think about as much when I was here. And now I'm like, day, I miss spending time with my family. I miss just going for a walk to the park with my mom or my brother or whatever. So, yeah, just enjoying the little times and um, be appreciative for those. Awesome. Coach Alicia? Yeah. Um, or Coach Kamaki for you. <laughs> Coach Kamaki? <laughs> uh, yeah, she... Um... I think for me, just for her, was one was enjoying like what other other passions that you have because she was also like a foodie and we'd always talk about that. We'd go out together and get food and spend time together. So I think just being able to, you know, you have the thing you're passionate about, which like for me was basketball, but also enjoying other stuff. Like I play piano, also that many people don't know. I love food. I'm a foodie. I love to travel. So just like having those other hobbies and enjoying those as well is important for like your maybe your main one. Main passion, yeah. And Coach Lawson? Coach Lawson, um, she has a lot of motivational speeches. <laughs> like, That's what I wanted. I was like, I know there's I some know. stuff. There's something. Yeah, I guess one of the most important ones, like, she always says about, like, competing. And I guess I can go outside of basketball and, like, maybe in school. Like, if you want to be great at something, you can't really just back down from it and expect, like, the results to happen if you don't put in the work. And you really, I think you also need to push yourself because you can't get to where you want to be if you're just complacent. I mean, sometimes many people think they're doing something, but they're not doing anything to help achieve, like, whatever goal or whatever they're trying to achieve. Um, so for me, that just goes into, like, maybe my career or even just, like, relationships or just, like, life in general, like, whatever decisions. I think it's important to pursue those and not try, like, just wait and have them come for you. 100%. Yeah. Awesome. There was a second part of this question. I'm going yeah. to skip it. That was awesome. <laughs> I think... Um, you know, in a way, you just paid homage to all these people who mm -hmm. helped, helped you on your, your path and your journey. And so mm -hmm. I think it's important for them to hear how mm -hmm. they impacted you. Because yeah. 
as coaches, we never think about that. We don't. Mm -hmm. We like we think about what you're doing with basketball. We think yeah. about if you're doing well, your well-being. We care so much, but mm -hmm. um, those things that are outside of basketball are we're going to carry you through for the rest of your life. Yeah, yeah. Right. They're mm -hmm. they're here right now while you're mm -hmm. playing, but once you're you're done with your career and you're started your family, you're mm -hmm. doing this for someone else. These yes. are the things yeah. you're going to instill into those who, mm -hmm. you know who God puts yeah. under you to raise up, you know? <laughs> yeah, And true. so that's, that's awesome. Um, all right, so we didn't get on junior year. Yeah. So this this past year yeah. or a year ago from now. Yes. <laughs> um, what is it like now? You're an upperclassman. This yeah. is actually your yeah, weird. real junior year. Yes. Yes, okay. yes, yes. Real COVID junior messed year. me up. All right. Um, what is it like now? You're an experienced yeah. ACC player with yeah. a scouting report against you probably yeah. mm -hmm. and new players coming in. Yeah, yeah. What is it like? I think, again, like you said, I was an upperclassman. I had been here the longest from any of the players on the team because I came my first year with Carol Lawson. So, yeah. yeah, I think the biggest part was just establishing, helping establish the culture and, again, helping my teammates because we had a lot of new people, a lot of transfers, a lot of freshmen. And for me, it was about helping them, guide them, understand our system and how to play um, with our type of offense. And I think doing that, like, every day in practice and, again, just being a voice people can come to if they needed help with like plays, for example, that was kind of my role is just helping the team, you know, get all on the same page since we're all coming from different parts, different experiences. So I was kind of just that kind of a glue, I would say. Yeah, yeah, no, that's good. That's good. And what is that like keeping the culture mm -hmm. so important, especially at a place that has a rich history like yeah. Duke, right? And um, a new coach kind of brings in new culture, but the school also yeah. has its own culture, right? Yeah, like, yeah. How do you, what, what is, what is Duke culture? Yeah. Duke women's basketball culture, and yeah. how do you keep that? Yeah, for me, I, one, I would say sisterhood. That's a big part, because we have a lot of immersion sisterhood, but mm -hmm. just that understanding of the important the relationships are, like, on the team, obviously with our alumni, too. So yeah. having that time to bond with each other off the court as well is so important, just because it could help you on the court. Um, so making sure that, you know, as upperclassmen, we all hang out, not just, you know, freshmen and freshmen, but try to get everybody to meet up, you know, just get food or just hang out at someone's place. I think that's a big part in, in having a great team is having those solid relationships off the court. And then also, and then another part is obviously winning. You want people around mm -hmm. you who are competitive, again, like-minded, want to win that championship. So just, I think you show that every day at practice, that's how you get the mindset installed is, you know, showing that. You have to put in the work. You have to bring the same mindset to practice if you want to, you know, achieve goals and games. So, yeah, that was kind of the, the two biggest ones, I'd say. Awesome. And what was that like? Uh, what was the results of newness, yeah. right? A new yeah. infusion of freshman transfers, yeah. um, you being, you know, the senior leader, or yeah. not a senior in class, but senior leader yeah. Um, yeah. for the program. How did that end up for the year? Yeah. And what did yeah. it build to now? Yeah, we had, that's probably our, be our best year so far is, was that year we had a lot of upsets. People didn't see us as a top 25 team in the beginning of the year. We finished second in our conference. Um, so, yeah, I think it came a long way in showing that, you know, those foundations are really important and, you know, the experiences. And, again, like you were saying, you know, you have, like, the young the young freshmen coming in and the new transfers. There's, there's a way to figure it out. I think, again, just putting in the time with each other and just buying in, which Coach Carroll always talks about is buying in to each other. And obviously to our goals of, you know, winning a championship. So although we didn't win one, it, we were close to a couple. And I think it was a big year for us to really step forward into, you know, the Duke culture. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Awesome. That's awesome. And it was mm -hmm. leading into your what would be yeah. your senior year. Yeah. But that got put on pause. What yes. happened? Yeah. So I had just come back from 
the FIBA Asia Cup with the Philippines national team and we were doing summer workouts and then I unfortunately suffered an injury during practice so lately I've just been doing PT just getting stronger um, and taking a year off which luckily means I won't lose the year so I'll have yeah. two more years under my belt to play college basketball but yeah this year is more of just a different role but again a different role as a leader so it kind of helped me explore that side of basketball that I hadn't before. Yeah mm -hmm. wow and so Let's talk about the FIBA Cup. So yeah. you you are, let's say this first. Okay, some mm -hmm. accolades that I know about you or have read about you recently, right? <laughs> yeah. So um, you're all academic team ACC, mm -hmm. which means you're keeping a high standard, not just on the court, but <laughs> yeah. off the court with your grades. So congratulations Thank on that. You. I think it's extremely important mm -hmm. to take advantage of the opportunity you have as a college basketball player academically. So. Mm -hmm. Keep going. Don't stop doing that. Yeah. Um, show people. Like you, said, you're a, you do the piano, you get amazing grades, yeah. and you play basketball at a high level. Yeah. It's possible. Yeah. And it just takes focus. Mm -hmm. and so Yes, it does. Keep going. Keep going. Mm -hmm. um, so FIBA. Um, yeah. And you're the first Filipino yeah. player at Duke. Yes. Which is yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, and now you get to represent your country mm -hmm. in the FIBA games. Yeah. What what was that like? How did you get the call? How did you feel? Yeah. What's the emotion yeah. of representing something that meant something to you? Because like you said, that was something that lacked, that made you lack confidence mm -hmm. being the only, yeah. you know, Asian American playing mm -hmm. on these high elite teams. Yes. And now you get to represent your country. What is yeah. that like? Yeah. So I actually first started back in high school and, and um, senior year, I was always in contact with the head coach. I just had never really had the time just because playing for the Philippine national team was something I was really passionate about. But coming to Duke, I really wanted to dial in on, you know, just being great here. Because like you said, coming in as the first like Asian American basketball player to ever had, I wanted to, you know, have a great, like a great start. So I really focused in on that. And then once I started getting to my junior year, I was like, okay, I've established myself, you know, I have the trust of my coaches and teammates of you know, the player I am and like my dedication to the team. And I was like, okay, I really want to turn into another passion. I've always had, just never had the time to go into that. And that was playing for the national team. So I, I commented on like one of the head coaches um, posts for the Philippine national team. And he DM me like a couple minutes later, like, oh, hey, Vanessa, like, how are you? Like, do you want to play? Like, yeah. Wow. So then literally that week he called someone. A DM? I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Let's start over here. This is like on, on Instagram? Yeah, on Instagram. You comment on a post yeah. and you get an invite for the national team. Yeah. Talk about being proactive right there. Listen, there's no... That's, that's awesome. There's the little things, right? Yeah. Just, and that was, was that your intention to do that or you're just commenting? Um, I had it in the back of my mind. Good. But no, yeah. I, I want yeah. people to know, hey, there's intention yeah. in that. That's, yeah, I had it in the back of my mind, like... So again, like I felt like that was the time I was ready to, you know, step into that other passion of playing for them. <laughs> That's right. But, to write your own story. Keep writing your own story. Okay. Yeah. So you get a call. Yeah. So then he like called me. He's like, "Oh, like, do you want to play?" I'm like, yeah. And then so he talked to his other guy who usually helps um, like Filipino Americans get their Filipino passport. So he reached out to me, and a week later they went to go pick up my passport in Manila, so I'd have it to go to um, Australia. He brought it back, and then I met him, and then from there. I, kind of just went out to play with them in, like, the next month in June. Wow. Yeah, I met them. They had a training camp, but we, I saw, like, summer classes and also some workouts. So I just met them straight in Australia and had a week to train with them, meet them, learn the system, and then play against Team Australia. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But, yeah, the experience was really – I'm so happy I did it. Just, again, talking about myself, like, as a younger kid, I think 
it means something when you see someone like yourself doing things like you dream about. And for me, that was a big part of why I plays to inspire the younger generation, especially, you know, those like me, like little V. Mm. Um, so I think I always, I spelt it there too, just the crowd, the Filipino culture in Australia, they were going crazy. You couldn't, yeah. you couldn't believe it because I knew how much they loved basketball, but actually seeing it, it was unbelievable. And after the games, getting to meet them and just how like happy they were and just proud of like being Filipino. That's something that really stuck with me is being able to represent my culture, which is again, representing my family. And I love my yes. family and they're a big part of like who I am and like why I have this passion for basketball. So having this, having had this opportunity to finally do it on this level, I was so grateful for it. And how yeah. was the experience uh, playing with, you know, um, teammates who are from the Philippines and yeah. you know, you being American, <laughs> yeah. um, what was that like? Is there, yeah, yeah what is that like? Let's, yeah. Let's talk about it. I, yeah. So at first it was, it was kind of funny cause obviously they speak the native language is Tagalog, Tagalog and I can't really speak it, but I understand a little bit. Okay. So they would be talking and laughing. I'd just be like, okay. <laughs> like, you know, like, you understand? I'm like, no, I don't understand. And, <laughs> but on the court, like basketball is like universal, like the language of basketball is universal. So we were able to understand each other on the court, which was, you know, probably the most important thing. And then off the court came later on, you know, they could speak a little like a little bit of English, but we were able to, you know, after we built that relationship on the court with basketball, we were able to communicate and, you know, build that relationship off the court. That's awesome. And mm -hmm. you guys were able to win your first regular, regular game, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, as a national team. So yeah. once again, hey, breaking barriers and, yeah. you know, people may think it's small because you didn't win the whole thing or yeah. whatever, but um, progress, right? Yeah. And, um, that's something that you plan to be a part of in yes. the future as well. And yeah. like you said, um, just be an example for yeah. those who are coming after you. Yeah. So that's mm -hmm. awesome. You're like using, you're using this little ball, <laughs> using this ball to yeah. get you places yeah. that you've dreamed of. Like yes. you said, you wanted to do these things yes. and you're making those dreams come through yeah. just because you work hard at this in, yes. and school. Yes. Right? And you're coachable, <laughs> you're a good player and you have good people, right? But basketball can just get you to places and it's mm -hmm. so awesome mm -hmm. it's so awesome yeah. um so now when you got your injury mm -hmm. um what was was there a mental toll right mm -hmm. um every player like yeah we we don't want to yeah. get injured and yeah. so what is that mental toll like yeah definitely after coming back from free but i had you know senior year just high hopes like that was gonna be my year so definitely threw me in the loop because you know it's something you don't expect something you don't really plan for so it was kind of, it took me some time to just really accept that and like just understand where I am and how my path, you know, maybe has shifted in a way that's different than what I thought it would be. So it did take some time just to understand because basketball has been a huge part. This is probably the longest break from basketball I've ever had yeah. since like middle school, just because, you know, you have the whole year of high school and then club basketball. So yeah, it's just a different shift in mindset for sure. So you're, I know you're doing recovery and everything. What are you doing during practice? Are you on yeah. the court? Are you coaching? Like what, what kind of role are you playing now yeah. um, with the team? Yeah, so if I'm, if I'm not working now, I'm kind of just, again, another voice that, you know, for my teammates, if someone to talk to, like they're doing something, you know, they need help with something, I'm kind of that voice to help them out. Again, I know the, I know the place, so just talking, again, working on being vocal. This is, I, since I can't physically, you know, lead, this is a chance for me, I feel like, to vocally lead more and it's kind of pushed me in maybe more uncomfortable you know positions I'm not used to but mm -hmm. it's another growing chance for me and another thing I continue to try to do in practice just talking you know cheering either giving advice or just you know whatever it is is something I continue to do in practice and in games. 
Hundred percent. Okay, so after your next two years, um, mm -hmm. what's the plan? Are you planning to play pro? Do yeah. you plan to coach? You're yeah. going to be a coach, just so you know. <laughs> At some level, I don't know if you're going to do rec bar or coaching. You know, the high level college WNBA. Yeah. It, it seems like you have very, um, you have the attributes of a coach. Mm -hmm. um, what What do you plan to do after the yeah. like after college is over? Yeah, yeah. For me, I want to play pro. Like playing in WNBA has always been my dream since I was little. Like. I remember writing it somewhere that was like what I want to do. So I'm going to keep going after that. I think you have to have big dreams, you know, big goals to push yourself to be the best you want to be. So yes. that's what I want to do is, yeah, play WNBA, play pro as long as I, my body can handle it. Okay. And then later on, I want to do like medicine. Practice medicine. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. And so you're majoring in pre-med now. Yes. And then uh, you have an opportunity since you'll be in college for Two and a half more years to this point, <laughs> yes. get your master's in something yes. and mm -hmm. um, continue to go to school using basketball again yes. to get an education mm -hmm. and to um, have something when the ball stops bouncing, whether that's in yeah. 15 years like we hope and yeah. you're <laughs> in a WNBA vet, right? Or, yeah. you know, when, whenever you said, like, whenever mm -hmm. it's time to, to lace them up um, yes. or unlace them, hang them up. Hang that's them up. up. There we <laughs> go, sorry. <laughs> whenever it's time to hang them up, you have something to fall back on mm -hmm. and kids yeah. need to understand like yes. you're taking full advantage of this opportunity yeah. and so um good job like well done i <laughs> just want to tell you that if nobody else tells you that like good job you're doing this the right way mm -hmm. and so um we we hope you continue to get well Thank with you. your injury keep keep being yourself keep yeah. working and grinding and mm -hmm. um i think sky's the limit for you on Thank that you. end so awesome um moving on to the next part of our show okay. we call my rushmore okay okay so it's going to be your top four uh -huh. on Mount Rushmore. Yeah. Point guards of all time. It's oh, hard. Okay. I guess one, I have to say Chris Paul. He was actually, I actually had his shoes when I was young okay. just because I loved him. Even though he was the Clippers, I was a Lakers fan. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just his playmaking, his vision, his like understanding of the game is something that always... Like always inspired me since I was young. Like yeah, he's like he's my favorite point guard. Not gonna lie. So I say him. Um, I gotta go with my girl Chelsea. Chelsea Gray, just because one, she used to coach me, and then two, just her game again. Like I don't know, it's something about point guards with IQ and like vision that's just always like stuck with me. Again, I think it's kind of a lost art sometimes, just because you know now the point guard position has you know transformed into also scoring and you know not just being the passer, but. Her game is just unbelievable. She's like one of the best, I think, in, in that aspect. And she's like another person I always look up to. Um, yeah, see, I'm like, a, I'm like, I like those kind of players. So I have to say Magic also, Magic yeah, Johnson. Yeah. Just like, his game, he's crazy. His dimes <laughs> are just, I can't believe it sometimes. I'm like, how do you even see that? Yes. It just like comes out of nowhere. And again, a Laker, so yeah. I love no, that. He's He's, he's having fun. Yeah. He's the epitome of having fun playing yes. basketball and being a lead at it. Man. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I guess I'll add in Steph Curry just because he's a different kind of point guard. Um, he's, you know, he's more of a scorer, and I think that's important, especially now, like being able to score along with the vision and yeah. IQ. I think that can just separate you. So his scoring is something I like want to do too, or I, I implement in my game. Awesome, mm -hmm. awesome. So this yeah. question has been asked on this show. Oh, it has. It's okay because <laughs> I'm gonna see if I can still pick my top four okay. without messing up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It probably changes. So I have. Uh, my top four. Okay. Magic is in there just because okay. he's magic. Yeah. Passing. Same thing we just you yeah. just talked about. Uh, I have Steve Nash, actually. Okay, yeah. I think I Steve Nash him. is the modern, like, he started how the modern day point guard plays. Mm. His angles, spacing, um, 
simplifies the game but mm -hmm. has vision and all those things mm -hmm. um so my belief steph curry's a hybrid guard i don't count him as a point guard okay. like you said he's a scorer okay. and yeah shout out to my man rashad phillips he's kind of <laughs> recreating how you position players so yes. steph curry would be there if we consider him a point guard. Okay. but we're not for this for okay. my for my argument okay okay um and who was it you guys are going to go back and say coach todd switched on me but it is what it is um uh, don't look at me like that karina <laughs> karina's giving me a look to see if i say him all right um who's my other point guards magic i have a lot <laughs> russell westbrook okay yeah um, I don't care what anybody says. That man's, <laughs> man is, you can't average a triple-double four years and like, True. what are we talking about here? That man is ridiculous. and yeah. <laughs> um, He makes people around him better. I, yeah. I, and I, I truly believe that. Like mm -hmm. People say what they want, but go watch the man play. Nobody plays as hard as him. Mm -hmm. And he's just he's just a mental monster. Mm -hmm. He's a mental monster. Yeah. <laughs> so um, He can improve his shot, but yeah. whatever. whatever. Overall, I'm saying, I don't think he can compete with that. <laughs> And then, mm, do you remember my four? Yeah, oh, you do? Am I right so far? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm off. <laughs> I'm already off. Um, lastly, dang. Who did I pick? See, now I'm thinking about not who it is, but who I picked last time. Um, shoot. All right, who are they? Magic, Steve Nash, Jason Kidd, Rondo. Oh. See? J Kid and Rondo. Yeah, I remember that. Okay, J Kid and Rondo. Yeah, I didn't count Russell Westbrook as a point guard. I said the same thing. <laughs> That's what it is. There you go. J Kid, <laughs> Vision once again, yes, and then yeah. Rondo is a genius. I don't think there's yeah. anybody IQ crafty smarter than Rondo. Yeah, he's amazing. So he's there tough. you go. He's tough. Oh man, these questions. All right, no more repeat <laughs> questions on this. You guys are setting me up for failure. All right. Um, awesome. And now uh, it's the part of the show. You're the interviewer. I'm okay. the interviewee, okay? Two okay. questions, anything in the world. I'm an open book. Okay. Um, okay. What would you say is the worst sneaker of all time? The worst sneaker of all time. That's yeah. a great one. Um, people don't hate me for it. So we're just, <laughs> I'm, I go to hoop shoes because okay. that's what I wear. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I cannot stand wearing Kyrie Irving's. <laughs> they hurt my feet. Really? Yeah, so I'm the opposite of most people. I like heavy shoes. Okay. I like heavy, bulky, wide shoes because I'm, I'm really, really quick, yeah. and they slow me down. Mm -hmm. And so they help me play with pace. Yeah. Kyrie's are for quick, you know, agile yeah. people, yeah. and so they make me speed up too much. Oh. So for me, they're not for me. I love the way they look. I love mm -hmm. the design, and I never tell anybody not to wear them. Yeah. For me, I do not like Kyrie's. Oh, wow. Yes. Just yes. the, wow, I love Kyrie. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. No, like you're a point guard. Like most point guards love them. I'm more of a combo guard here, you okay. know. So, okay. But I like the way they look. I do wear them. I okay. just do not like wearing them, okay. if that makes sense. Okay, <laughs> yeah. that's what, what about you? I got to ask the same oh, question. That's you know what? Let's not break any endorsement deals before you even yeah, get them. Yeah, Never mind. Yeah, Go yeah. ahead. Next question. <laughs> um, I guess second one. If you could, oh, if you could travel to any place right now, where would you go to? Oh, it's easy. I would um, definitely go to Tahiti with my wife. Mm -hmm. You been before? Never. That okay. is where okay. we were supposed to. So we just celebrated our 10-year anniversary. Oh, okay. Congrats. This past year. Thank you. Uh -huh. And so we had to, um, we went to 
Costa Rica, okay. which was awesome. Yeah. Great experience, but I wanted yeah. to go to Tahiti. Mm -hmm. It's like double the price. And, so, <laughs> and we have two little kids. So, oh, cute. Yeah, so they cost money, and so we didn't um, <laughs> have enough to go to Tahiti. But that is my number one place to go travel to with my okay. wife and just like going one of the huts in the water. Oh, no yeah. No cell phone service. The kids, I know the kids are taken care of somewhere <laughs> and just eat, yeah. sleep, and be yeah. with, be spend time with my wife. Yeah. Oh, Absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah, so. That's on the uh, that's on the bucket list to do very soon. Okay, okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, Vanessa De Jesus, thank you so much for coming yeah. on the show. Um, we'll leave you with the well, in the women's basketball you got thirty seconds, thirty five. Shot 30 clock. Seconds, thirty seconds. Yeah. Thirty seconds, you have thirty second shot clock. Yeah. Okay. You're speaking to the camera. Let okay. the people know where they can find you. Let okay. the people know about the gear. Yeah. I don't know if y'all see the shirts. We have this yeah. one. Yeah. We also have the Nest Quick. Yeah, the hoodie got the hoodies yeah and so let people know where they can find you okay. where they can get this stuff is you know okay. to support you yeah uh, my instagram is vanessa de jesus one and on my bio you can find the link to find all my merch and yeah i got some hoodies t-shirts you know go and support um but yeah <laughs> awesome awesome yeah. um anything else you want any message for the b that yours so most people go over to 30 seconds oh, anything else okay. you want to just say to the people who are watching uh, especially maybe the young ladies who yeah. are um, going out and trying to do what you yeah. do, you know? Yeah, I'd say just continue, you know, continue putting in the work. Like, you might not see the result you want in the beginning, and, you know, that happens, but you just have to keep working, and don't diminish your dreams if, you know, people tell you they're too big or there's doubters and all that. Like, those will come. Like, it's part of it. Like, when you're great, people will hate on you, honestly. So I've learned that you just got to keep believing in yourself and trusting your work and just have a great support system, and you can get through it all. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you again for Thank being you. on the show. This yeah. is awesome. Uh, go Duke. Uh, <laughs> and we'll look forward to seeing you out there for the next few years. Yeah. Thank All right, you. Awesome. All right, guys. We'll catch you next time. Peace.